Welcome to the UTG at Work podcast. I'm Deacon Mike Houghton. I'm the executive director of an apostolate called UTG at Work. Our mission is to help women and men joyfully live their faith and witness to Christ in the gospel in the workplace. I'm happy to be with you as we explore the Sunday gospel in ways that help people who work. You can find this podcast as well as helpful articles, videos, and other materials on our website, which is utgatwork.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcasting sites. This weekend we celebrate the second Sunday of Lent, and our gospel is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no fuller on earth could bleach them. Then Elijah appeared to them along with Moses, and they were conversing with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus in reply, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He hardly knew what to say, they were so terrified. Then a cloud came, casting a shadow over them, and from the cloud came a voice which said, This is my beloved son, listen to him. Suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone but Jesus alone with them. As they were coming down from the mountain, he charged them not to relate what they had seen to anyone, except when the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what rising from the dead meant. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Today's Gospel brings us back once again to the story of the Transfiguration. If you find yourself thinking that we hear about the Transfiguration fairly often in the lectionary, you're right. While many Bible passages come around only once every three years, we hear the story of the Transfiguration every year on the second Sunday of Lent. And if you attend daily Mass, you get it there as well. It's something that we Catholics hear quite often. The Transfiguration is explicitly mentioned in three of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Now, it may seem odd that the only Gospel author who doesn't mention the Transfiguration is John, since John was the only Gospel author who was there to see it. If John personally witnessed it, why didn't he mention it? Well, perhaps he did. At the beginning of the Gospel of John, we hear these words, And the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and we saw his glory, the glory as of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. Some Bible scholars suggest that when John says that he saw his glory, he's referring to Jesus at the Transfiguration. So one could conclude that the Transfiguration is found in one form or another in all four Gospels, explicitly in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and implicitly in John. And this reminds me of a time some years ago when my son Matthew was playing AAU basketball. As I often did, I was working the scorer's table, running the clock, tracking fouls, keeping stats for the team. Before the game started, the coach handed me the roster with all the names of the boys of the team and the starting five marked off with an asterisk. I looked it over and pulled the coach aside. Coach, I said, four of your starting five players are named Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You'd better not blow this one. In the Transfiguration, Jesus revealed himself in his glorified state to Peter, James, and John, and in so doing, he gave them a brief preview of what he would look like in his glorified state in heaven. The question that may well come to mind is, why? Why did he choose to do this? There may have been many reasons why, as God's wisdom is far beyond what I or anyone else can fully comprehend. But one reason seems rather clear. In all three Gospel accounts, there's a very specific sequence of events which takes place. And that sequence points us to a conclusion. The sequence is as follows. First, 
We hear Jesus telling his disciples for the very first time about his impending passion, death, and resurrection. And in all three cases, they're confused and upset about what it means. Next, Jesus assures them that some of those with him will not die until they see him in all of his glory. In the Gospel of Mark, which we read from today, the very last sentence prior to today's Gospel passage is this. He also said to them, Amen, I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see that the kingdom of God has come in power. And immediately following this is the transfiguration. Three Gospels, each following the exact same sequence of events. So the obvious question here is why? Why did Jesus feel the need to be transfigured into his glorified state in the sight of his inner circle, Peter, James, and John, in this particular sequence? One very possible reason is that he wanted to give them hope. He wanted to give them something to cling to when things would get dicey in the days ahead. He wanted them to understand that his passion and death were intimately linked to his divinity. In other words, just after he tells them that he'll be killed, he shows them a glimpse of his divine self in the transfiguration so that they can appreciate that his sacrifice is part of the divine plan of salvation. The transfiguration then was his way of showing them that, even though they were going to be a part of something that will try their souls, that is his passion and death, they were eventually to be part of something that will make sense of it all, his resurrection. It was his way of giving them hope. But what does it all mean today for all of us? How can we find hope in the transfiguration in our day and time? Well, I don't think I need to remind anyone in our chaotic world that we also need hope. In addition to all of the personal burdens that we carry, our political system is a mess, our media is fueled by drama rather than facts, and many people are struggling to make ends meet in the midst of some very significant inflation. Please understand, this isn't a political statement. It's a simple observation of what I see and hear from the people around me. And in a very particular way, Catholics and Christians in the workforce need hope. We're seeing an ever-increasing climate of corporate negativity toward what we believe and hold true, as we're asked to keep it to ourselves and embrace things which are contrary to what we know the Lord asks of us. In some of the early discussions about forming UTG at work, I remember telling Archbishop Vigneron that I believed that we needed a ministry like this because so many of our Catholic brothers and sisters are being overtaken by the wolves of the corporate world once they leave the security of the church, and that we need to help them. And just six months into the job, I'm more convinced of that than ever. UTG at work can help with tools, techniques, workshops, articles, videos, podcasts, and all sorts of good things that we put at your disposal. We do it to help you in your quest to live your faith at work. But as helpful as these things may be, they pale in comparison to the hope that we find in the resurrected Christ. It is in him that we find all of our courage, our strength, and our hope. When Peter, James, and John saw Christ in his glorified state at the transfiguration, they were, at least for a moment, pulled out of the reality of their daily struggles as they caught a glimpse of what will be a glimpse of heaven, a glimpse of just how powerful Jesus really was. And that was a memory that they could pull up over and over again as they went through his passion and death, as they courageously spread the good news after his resurrection, and as they faced their own imprisonment and death. You and I have that same gift. Yes, it's true that we haven't seen Christ in person, but we experience his presence every time we partake of the Eucharist. We haven't heard him preaching all around Galilee and Jerusalem, but we benefit from all that was captured in sacred scripture and all the scripture study that has gone on for the past several hundred years. And we know about his transfiguration. We're reminded of it every year so that we can have the same hope, the hope that we need when we suffer through whatever it is that pains us 
including things in the workplace. When things at work get tough for you, close your eyes and picture in your mind Jesus Christ transfigured before you and realize that this is your eventual reward. This is what awaits you for being his disciple even in the toughest of times. And in that thought, find hope. Thanks for joining me for this week's UTG at Work podcast. I look forward to meeting again next week. In the meantime, I encourage you to boldly live your faith in the workplace in the week ahead. I'll pray for your success, and I ask that you pray for the success of this UTG at Work apostolate. If you want to learn more about us, please visit utgatwork.org. Now go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. <laughs>